Welcome to Coopercast episode 83. This is your host, Al's Firefly, John Sachs. In this third episode of Black and White in Rock and Roll, we talk about Al learning firsthand about race at an Alan Freed show, the strange origin of the song Hound Dog, and many other hits done by black groups, and Little Richard versus Pat Boone. So you're a guy who early on you hear the platters and you hear these doo-wop groups and you love them. You go out and you buy their singles. Then Elvis shows up with this kind of southern white country rock thing going on. But you're equally still, I'm sure, interested in you know, doo-wop and the things that followed along doo-wop. You're kind of... I was very interested in black music. Right. And, and you know, and I, and I liked some white music, but my interest was primarily black music. So Elvis was kind but of... But I didn't think of it like that. Right, it was I just... I just liked the records. Yes. And I didn't think black-white. Right. Until uh, when I was in the Royal Teens... When I would play shows, and it's interesting because the shows were uh, very segregated. Yeah. Oh, they were. No, I mean even uh, backstage. Even backstage. Yeah, because I I didn't know any better, and like I would walk into uh, you know uh, some black group's dressing room. Right. To say hello. And the conversation would stop, and they, they'd look at me and say, what do you want? i say, oh, I'm sorry, I got the wrong room. Wow. And it was wow. like that. So it, it most assuredly was different. It wasn't officially segregated. People segregated themselves. Yes. There weren't shared dressing rooms. So this dressing no, room... No, there weren't. This dressing room was a black group, and... They and they also had uh, black, uh, black people by and large, had more of a uh, uh, a bunch of people with them. Whereas, you know... An entourage. Yeah, we just had a driver when I was in the Royal Teens. Okay. He's usually our manager. Yeah. So here's a situation where you're digging Elvis because he's... He's not... He's a white guy who's not Pat Boone. He's, he's scary, a little scary. There's a little sneer going on. Well, there wouldn't have been a Pat Boone until there was the black music because he took the black music and whitened it. Like? That was the whole point of Pat Boone. Tutti Frutti was the yeah, absolute example Yeah, that's of that. a Little Richard song. Yeah, yeah. If, he, if you listen to Tutti Frutti by Little Richard and then Pat Boone, your brain is going to explode because... It's not going to explode. You're going to laugh Yeah. at yeah. Pat Boone. But they come from two different universes and the fact that the same song well, so is, do black and white people uh, t- that's the point yes it's yeah and being white i was very aware of this right and it was i thought that was the the smartest thing the first smart thing i did in my life was to completely comprehend black music okay without going oh it's black right you just dug it I just said, this is great. Yeah. This is so much better than everything else I've heard till now. Right. And now it's gone. 
And what are some examples of those songs that just sent you? Well, I've, I've mentioned them already. Yeah. They're the, the first singles I bought. Okay. You know, the, the Closer You Are. Yeah. And like that, the Five Keys, Wisdom of a Fool. Yeah. And stuff like that. Hmm. That's what I liked. So, and, I, and I didn't feel like it was like anything I ever heard. Right. That's why I liked it so much. Yeah. Pat Boone and Georgia Gibbs and all these other people were, you know, it was like regular music. Yeah. Even if they did black songs, right. they did them so white it was, yeah. you know, terrible. Especially if you knew the black record. One of the things I remember is that when you were writing at 1650 Broadway with mm-hmm. Brass and Levine, you were writing, you were three white guys. Yes. Happened, so happened to be Jewish white guys writing songs for, among others, for black groups like. Well, we wrote for everybody that because that was our job. Right. So if if somebody was black and they had hits. Yes. Then we would write a song for them. Right. And hopefully they would record it. Right. And if they were white, same thing. We didn't care about that, and and because. Uh, we had knowledge and love of both sides of the coin. Yeah, uh, we could go either way. Right. As songwriters. And I think you mentioned that when you would come into work, there was a board there indicating who needed, who was looking for songs. Yes. This time in the ring was supposed to be a soul song. Yes, and and the demo is like that. Right. Right. The original demo, which is on that box that I'm going to put out. Well, one of the things that I find. Like, there's this whole little trio of facts, okay? Later on, we have Elvis comes along, and his big first hit, I think, is Hound Dog. But Hound Dog had been first done by Big Mama Thornton. That's correct. But Hound Dog was written by some other Jewish guys in the in New York City, I believe. It wasn't... It could have been Lieber and Stoller. It could have been, yes. I think it was, and they were interviewed on the radio, and he said... I I was just looking for a phrase that had a feel about it, and I came up with hound dog. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. So this is, to me, this is a sort of weird mix of you have these middle-class white guys writing a song, Big Mama makes a hit out of it, and then Elvis takes it over eventually. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the way it's, it's always gone. Right. But I think that the people the white people who appropriated the black music yeah uh weren't embarrassed about it right what was embarrassing uh were some of the records they made okay and when you play the black record against the white record you know no contest well i think the most egregious example would have to be tutti fruity pat boone Pat Boone doing Little Richard. Little Richard's version of Tutti Frutti. And it's kind of, in this case, it's fortunate. Copyright protection prevents us from playing on this podcast a little segment of Pat Boone doing Tutti Frutti because uh, we don't have to subject our listeners to hear it because we're not allowed to. Yeah, but we, we could have played them the original record. Well, we don't have copyright on the but well, folks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, as a... As a so there's no there's no black or white in what you're saying. Your homework, folks, is to go listen to uh, Little Richard singing Tutti Frutti and then Pat Boone singing it. It's just, 
Yeah, and Pat Boone outsold. Of course. Of course. Little Richard. Hound Dog has been recorded more than 250 times. The best-known version is July 1956 by Elvis Presley. But originally, it was done by Big Mama Thornton. That would be another interesting comparison to listen her. to the two. You met Big Mama? Yeah. On one of those shows? No, I think a little later. Wow. Like Booze Project time. She was a, another one of the like founding forces of rock, wasn't she? Yes. But I think, I think we might have been on a bill with her, with the Booze Project. In the beginning, when we first started, we opened for... Um, black acts. Okay. As as the blues project. As the blues project, right. But for instance, our first the first time we played uh, a big room, which I think was Town Hall in New York. Right. Which I think is like um at, at least a thousand. Right. At least, yeah. Um we opened for Chuck Berry. Right. I still have pictures of it. Right. This has been CooperCast, episode 83, brought to you by Hound Dogs. You can submit questions for Al at alcooper.com on the CooperCast page.